go, Bill. Welcome. What are we doing again? Oh, yeah, the Welcome. Cooler Heads podcast. Welcome, y'all, to the Cooler Heads podcast with my co-hosts, Brett Pretzel and our little buddy, Adam Muffich. I don't have sunglasses, and neither do you, Bill. Weird. Say what? I'm going to wear glasses because I, I look like utter cow shit. I was just thinking the same thing. I'm going to wear glasses because I look like dog shit. Yeah, I... um. Actually, I was going to say, I recommend you wear glasses too. Yes. I look good. <laughs> I look good except for my eyes. It looks like uh, I've been up all night partying. I have not. I just didn't <sighs> sleep at all. I uh, I don't know. My father-in-law came in uh, last yesterday, and then um, and then on top of that, my I wife came into town to visit. Yeah, he lives in Long Island, hmm. so he's uh, you know in for in for the weekend, hanging out with the kids and stuff. And uh, yeah, and then uh, we've had an event- eventful. Uh, we uh we get on the block um someone got in some trouble for some drinking in a place they weren't supposed to hmm. was that yeah. your wife or- no 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 uh-huh. neighbor there's so much drama on this block it's it's hysterical someone got drunk the other day and is it and, like a block full of karens yes so someone mm-hmm. someone got drunk the other day and uh uh dr- left a person's house drove away and then uh ended up going into a brick wall in the back of someone's yard hmm. and you know i love small suburbanite communities i really do i like how they're laid out i like the cookie cutter homes you know the the hoas everybody's house has looked the same i like all that but mm-hmm. also what comes with that is like these these mobs of karen a gaggle of karens yeah, if you will the desperate housewives yeah yeah and they have like these uh i don't know um like little inner worlds or inner workings to them where you have these clicks maybe and like this i don't know like pineapple parties you know like all the weird stuff that people just don't see from the outside definitely the weird with the weird clicks definitely i know i saw like random now but um it's definitely. it's it's odd it really is i mean i i Unfortunately, I don't get uh, not that I don't get along with with anyone in the block because like I get along with everybody, but I just you I have nothing. Care I have, have nothing in common. With these yeah, guys, yeah. yeah. It's just like not your type of people. Yeah, I feel you. You have like, any uh, friendly neighbors yet that I, you've uh, talked to, Bill? Two of them. There's this uh, older couple that walks by, and uh, they walk their dog like four times a day. I don't know if they're actually just walking their dog to walk the dog, or if they're just like you know, eyeing the neighborhood, keeping an eye on things. Because like, who walks their dog that much, you know? So they're always walking their dog, and like, they seem to catch me when I'm outside a lot of times. Luckily, they're cool, you know. They just say, "Hey, what's up?" Keep on walking, you know. But I'll bet those people party. I mean, they seem like a you know those older people that still like to party. You they should, seem like uh, an older type of partiers right there. Stop at the grocery store and keep a pineapple outside and hand it to a Flip window. it upside down. Yeah. So they know I, what I'm all about. I thought that's where the story was going. No, I um I just met some cat down the road. Um real cool guy, man. He does uh I I went to go drive down the road and uh you know, there's tons of kids on the block and you know, I was like, no, no, they're fine, they're fine, because they kept driving in and out with their little uh, battery-powered four-wheelers, and then I started mm. talking with them, and, man, he was really cool shit. He's like, man, what's it, you know, is this yours? He's like, yeah, you know, uh, he was talking about the vehicle. He's like, I can tint that. I was like, because that's what he does for a business. Uh, a place is called Tint Star, but, uh, yeah, man, he, he's just, you know, we started talking for, like, 15 20 minutes so you know occasionally i'll find some you know someone around the block that i i pseudo have something in common with and i think i told you this before um personally but like i'm in the midst of uh writing a ted talk um i find out within the next two or three weeks if if uh someone got me in yeah and uh the ted talk's gonna be basically trades you know versus college and you know where the 
college isn't really the the thing to do. I mean, the 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 job placement rate is lower. It takes more money. Um, but I I say this to say this. So um, when I used to have my service van, it was parked out front, obviously, at my house. And this kid on the bus with my daughter, um, she was like two years ago, almost three, so she was 12. And the kid asked her, she's like, what does your dad do for a living? Well, he does refrigeration HVAC. Well, there's no way he makes enough money to live on this, on this, on this, in this development. And you know damn well that didn't come from his own little nugget. You know what I mean? Like that came, yeah, it came from, from his parents. Yeah, man. Like, because yeah. you know, as soon as they uh, saw your van rolling into the neighborhood, they're like, "The fuck is that guy coming here to fix something?" Oh man, yeah. Yeah, see, like, I don't live in that rich of a neighborhood, but, uh, so I probably don't, uh, you know, my little neighborhood isn't really a suburbanite type of neighborhood. It's just kind of a sparse sort of little neighborhood built out in the sticks, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I, I don't have that problem here. But if I lived in a richy rich, all white neighborhood like Brett, I'm sure I guess so. I kind of live in that richy rich neighborhood, but I think they could still tell that whatever you know because there's like you know million dollar house two million dollar house and then i have like a small little ranch so i live in like the smallest house in our neighborhood so yeah so it's fitting it's fitting (laughs) yeah i don't know it's a that's a deep dive into a subject that we should discuss at some point of uh i don't know the i don't know what would you call it like the idea that people have that uh, the blue collar trades don't pay well enough I think, here's the thing though like i think there are a lot of companies that probably don't pay enough but like yeah, there are a lot of companies and there's unions and that that do you know i think it's just you need to find your place and your value um and uh that's it you know i i was actually having a discussion the other day um uh, with uh mr ed janowak oh, the jabberwock who's yeah. that uh, head trainer from ACA. Okay. We were talking about uh, the, you know, trade schools and that, like local community colleges and trade schools. Mm. And um, why why kids and whatever young people struggle with knowledge as they're going through that. And we were talking about, like, the pay. the A lot of these guys that are teaching these schools – they're paying them like next to nothing. I'm not, I mean, not nothing, but like. Not as much as you'd expect. Right. How, how can you take a guy that's very knowledgeable and is on top of his game and how can you convince him to come out of a truck and, Mm -hmm. you know, teach if you're going to pay him half or less than half of his salary? Doesn't make much sense. So what they're doing is they're, they're taking people that are, you know, um, that are doing it for basically a hobby or because they love the trade or whatever, or they're like at the tail end of their career and they're not on top of the game or whatever, you know? Um, but I think they are having a hard time finding top notch trainers and that's affecting people coming out of school. Oh yeah. Yeah. I agree a hundred percent. I mean, there was a, there was one point in time where uh, this local, it's local to me anyway. This little local college was looking for uh, teachers, and at the time, this is like probably I don't know, eight nine years ago. They had got my resume off Indeed, and they contacted me, and they're like, "Hey, would you like to come and teach?" And blah blah blah. And I was kind of flattered because I'm like, "Wow, that's like you know, like I have arrived. I got people asking me to come teach at colleges now." And uh, I really didn't know much at the time, and I was like, then I thought about it. I was like, "That is kind of weird that they're asking me." As like, yeah. and then looking into it, and they pretty much ask anybody who has five years experience and then you get deeper into it and you see the pay and you're like, Oh, I see what's going on here. They have just right. uh, low quality, somewhat uneducated teachers teaching other people, you know, and these kids are going to the school for 20 grand a pop and getting taught by this guy who was like maybe a D minus technician out in the field. Right. Yeah. No, I was, uh, I was talking to, um, when I was in DC, I was talking to one one trainer. I can't remember if he was at a trade school or community college or what, but he was talking about the 
the guy, the position that he took over, um, the old guy was like 80 years old. And he was still teaching people how to convert like standing pilot into spark ignition. That's like one yeah. of his, you know, big claim to fame. And it's like nobody's even doing that shit anymore. There is no standing pilot. Yeah, was- Ron Burgundy of HVAC could get with the times, man. <laughs> That's funny. No, oh, it's it's man. it's true. It's true though. Like um, the because they they won't pay because you know, unfortunately especially with a lot of different companies though so the company i work for is is taking a way different stance now because i i've showed them um what needs to be done uh, as far as uh training as far as you know making sure you make everything available for them that's out there because that's one of the biggest you know frustrating factors is you know not not being confident in your job not being able to do your job mm-hmm. efficiently and feeling like shit because you know you took way too long to do that to do that job and so you know trying to get good trainers is also hard because they can make um you know usually when when, when a guy's out in the field you know you make as much money as you want because all the overtime is available right but like you know usually when you go into a corporate type position you know you, you don't get paid what you were getting in, in the trade no you know and then and you're like so, well other than the the physical aspect of you don't have to work as hard like there's almost maybe the physical aspect and the mental aspect of like you know you feel reward for being a teacher a trainer now other than that i mean what's the motivation to do it take a pay well, cut and unless you really love what you do right Mm-hmm. Yeah, you want to give back to the to the industry. Like a while back, Copeland was looking for a trainer, and uh, you know, I was, I was thinking, like, well, yeah, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I was like, what the hell? It wouldn't hurt. I just threw my hat in the ring, and uh, never got a follow up phone call from anybody. But uh, I did hear like what the base pay rate was for a, a training position, and it was somewhere between like, and obviously this probably varies depending on your qualifications, your negotiating skills, blah blah blah. But um, you know, the whispers in the wind were somewhere between 75 and 85 grand a year to uh, start off as the the trainer. And that's probably if you, you know, really schmooze them and you do really good and you got a degree or whatever. And I was like, wow, that's uh, less than I thought. I mean, you can easily make that in the, more See, than I'm that. Kinda, um, I'm working through that right now. I'm actually, I just got an email saying I should have a contract sometime next week. Sweet. selling my company so and i'm Man, trying to move over i into might be that. more excited for it than you yeah no i'm pretty excited but i'm trying <laughs> to move over into that like corporate type world um mm-hmm. the nerd world I'm, I'm very very picky about what i'm gonna do i want to do something that kind of pushes the envelope a little bit you know so but as far, like, as, far gonna, as what um as far as like kind of being industry changing you know making an impact on the entire instead of like like right here my the the motto or whatever tagline if you will of my company is changing the world one furnace at a time you know my i always like went into the aspect like do the best job you possibly can you're gonna make things a little bit better but it's a freaking slow climb changing the world one furnace at a time there's a lot of fucking furnaces in the world yeah (laughs) that's true i um i I was originally uh we have we have a development team now that basically is taking a lot of our curriculum and and making it into uh you know online training using using a certain platform and one of the one of the guys that was supposed to be helping me with stuff you know why i hired him because he can basically do a lot of the same stuff that i do except for that just he does it for the smaller uh you know, smaller uh, refrigeration sized equipment. And, uh, you know, instead of working video camera, knows how to edit videos. I was like, man, this would be awesome. Like, you could do HVC stuff. I can do the, the, the bigger refrigeration stuff. We can work together and collaborate. And then safety needed them. So now I'm, safety, safety kind of commandeered them because they saw oh. what I, they saw what I was doing with the, so I, if you, if um, I'm sure, I think I'll show both of you guys, but if, if you guys aren't aware, so I, I do a um, a series for courses called Ask the Pros. Um, basically, it's an email address that they can email any question to me, but they can also uh, 
uh, they can request videos to be made. So I have a couple of videos uh, that I put together, you know, how to leak check, how to change a uh, oil separator element, um, how to check superheat, how to connect to an E2. So I just, I, you know, I go out to a site, um, usually grab a younger kid uh, to, you know, help me so he can do the work while I film and narrate. And, you know, I put it out for, for all cool employees. It's on, it's on a private server. And, you know, I, I, I like I said, I was, I was supposed to have help, and, and but safety saw what I was doing, and they're like, we want to do, like, the same thing you're doing, but we want to do it for safety. You know, can you can you help us do it? I was like, not really. I mean, I, I just I don't have the time. And unfortunately, when I made my budget, I was anticipating this guy from the development team was going to be helping me out with that, and that's no longer what's happening. Nice. Nothing like a good old wrench in the in the plans, eh? I should have just put someone in my budget this year. That's what I should have fucking done. Well, live and learn. I mean, from the outside looking in, all the stuff you told me and what's going on and what's changing and what's moving forward, it sounds like you're really just crushing it over there. I'm trying. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I'm proud of you. Yep. Thank you. Everybody should be because I think you're changing that place for the for the good. That's I mean, why you get to live in an all-white neighborhood, an upscale neighborhood. Well, that's what I was going to say before. It's uh, it, it's called Light Farms where I live. I don't know why and, I call it an all-white neighborhood, by the way. Oh, no, but they, they jokingly refer to it. That's actually called White Farms. Oh, nice. <laughs> well, Brett's maybe we won't. Neighbor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's the guy that has the couch in the front lawn. Yep. You're the guy that all the neighborhoods are like, all the neighborhood neighbors are like, don't let your kids go over to that house. Um, It's been said. Have you Googled yeah. my house? Did you see the couch? Mm, I should. You, do you mow your front lawn and find a car? Uh, actually, actually I, a redneck. I, I don't because that, that's covered in the HOA. They just, they, they, mow, they mow the front lawn for us. Man, when I bought my house, there was a, a thing in the contract that said something about an HOA. I was like, mm -hmm. man, I don't know if I can handle an HOA. Yeah. And then uh, I moved in. I found out it's just something they put in the con all the contracts, like just in case there's one in place. But there wasn't one in place, so I had nothing to worry about. Um, but, you know, since we're on the subject of, like, work and stuff, I had sort of a, a development. And I don't remember if we really talked about it on this particular podcast. But um, I was in the process of switching companies over the last, like, two weeks, right? Two, well, no, it was probably like a month of everything from the decision of like me leaving the company finding a new company and saying yes i'm going to go with this company putting my two weeks in right all happened within a span of about the last three to four weeks and uh during this process i made a deal with myself in my own mind in my own mind i was like you know i can't keep jumping companies you know i don't like changing companies i just want to find a home and retire and part of my thought process during this entire thing so i i suffer from like analysis paralysis sometimes where i just overthink and overthink and overthink and i got to wondering if maybe yeah at least part of the problem is me and my um like i'm trying to find the perfect company like my standard is so high i just can't find the perfect company so i just go there and i work for a year and i switch companies because i'm just not happy and maybe part of it is me so i was like i'm going to go into this new company with a whole new mindset of just gratitude appreciation i'm going to embrace everything right and just just take it head on and just be the best I can be. And um, then my current company made me an offer I couldn't refuse, so I'm staying. And uh, but now I've decided like I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of pretend like I left and this is a whole new company. I'm gonna embrace this new and it's somewhat of a new position, but honestly, it's not really a new position. I'm just gonna go into it with a new mindset and like embrace everything as a as if I were in a new company. Like I'm gonna try to have a more positive outlook be gracious for the things that I have here. Like my biggest beef has always been, I work on so many different things, so many different pieces of equipment. It's hard for me to become a master of any of them. Like yesterday I went from working on a bun toaster to like this giant seven foot, eight barrel slushy machine. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing on this thing, dude. Like, and it makes me feel real dumb, but I was like, I just embrace it. No, not yet. I've I'm getting closer to it because I can't get service manuals from tech support and tech support. Honestly, like they're 
know, it's like their first day on the job or something. They're telling me like, all this stuff by the operations manual, you know, and uh, I do all that. You know, I test the brick solution. I'm testing the water, the the CO, like all the other things are like, well, it's got to be this, got to be that, and it's got to be this. And they're like, well, what about your refractometer? Is that out of alignment? Or you, did you calibrate that? And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's calibrated. Like, uh, you know, but it's a, it's a hard learning curve. And like I told my company, since there's no training available right now in selection machines that I can find anywhere, not even from this very manufacturer, I was like, this is going to be a hard learning curve. But Again, I'm embracing it. I'm trying to find all the materials I can, going through all the uh, Facebook groups, digging up guys, phone numbers, finding people. It was uh, the same crap I went through with Daikin. Um, They got all pissed off at me because I wasn't trained on the residential VRF. Oh, yeah, I remember this. And um, I'm like, okay, where's the training in Chicago? We don't have training in Chicago. It's like, well, then what the fuck are we talking about here? Like, yeah. what is this? You know, like well, this. No, not to cut you off. No, it's the, just I, I'm done. This this slushy manufacturer. I went to them. Hey, you know what? I've worked on little tiny like countertop margarita machines, which is by no comparison the same. And um, and this thing is it's massive. It's like a, one of these machines on steroids. I said I need training on this, and they're like, well, go to our website, go to the support and resources button, and right there you can enroll in our online training course. I'm like, fucking great. So I go through all that. They accept me in the little online training course. And I go through the videos. I'm looking and looking and looking. Nothing. Nothing on this particular machine. The only thing they have are the basic operational videos of how to clean it, how to fill it up, how to do this, how to do that. I'm like, nothing about fixing it, diagnosing it, how it actually operates, what it should be doing. Like, nothing like that. So it's basically an hour and a half wasted watching videos that are just pointless. Now, did you did you say that you um, now that you are staying? Are you because I know you had aspirations of actually teaching and training. Are they letting you starting to do more of that now that you're staying? Not at the moment. No, okay. there's no immediate plans for um, any sort of in-house training program yet. So, but right now, honestly, like that's. Uh, but I, I will say, like the owner of the company told me, he's like, I want you to be the guy that we go to when there's stuff that nobody else knows how to fix. I want you to be the guy that goes and figures it out. I'm like, I can deal with that. Like, I kind of like that, you know, like the, the doctor house problems. Like I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I like, I like problems like that. So that's a hope. It's, very, then, it's rewarding when you're able to fix that, you know? Yeah, yeah, and I get calls from a couple of the guys in the field that uh, you know they ask me things, and because I'm more familiar with all the equipment in these locations, so it's kind of moving towards a, at the very least, um, somewhat of an educational position. But no official name tags yet, nothing in the mail. Adam, and you're. I heard you right, right? You said you're selling your company, or you're going to. Um. Fingers crossed, yeah. So, what are you what, what are you going to be doing then? I have two potential job opportunities in mind, which um, I'm not going to name any names, but one of them. It was funny because we had the conversation about me coming on board, and um, there was like revenue discussion, blah blah blah. I I command a high pay because of my experience this and that and then i kind of dropped it and i kind of gave up on that one and uh <laughs> dude i pulled the i wasn't planning on doing this but like i was having a discussion with the owner and he brought up revenue again and i just kind of i pulled the uh the whole you know what i'll come and work for you for free for six months to prove my value damn and it, hmm. it was like a mic drop and he just like kind of stared at me and he was shocked that I said that. Um, so I don't know. We'll see what happens. I It was a weird conversation. Like I said, it wasn't planned, but uh, yeah. And I said, uh, let me worry about my money and um, I'll just prove to you that I have value and I could provide your company with value. And then in six months, they're going to get everything out of you. I'm like, yeah. Not really working out. Yeah, he's gonna break my back and kill me in six yeah. months. I'll 
be dead and on the street. And then all the money you got from your the sale of your company is going to be gone. And yeah, probably it's probably a stupid move. But what can you do? I well, mean, I, that's that's a ballsy move. I'll give you that. Yeah, I sometimes you got to be ballsy. Although I was thinking about it because this is a company I would love to work for. I would love the opportunity to work alongside some of these people. Uh, and uh, I could see like I just like after I did it. Um, I could see somebody asking me, you know, 20 years from now, how did you get to where you're at? And I, you know, you could go back and revisit that story. Honestly, I just told the dude I'd fucking work for him for free. You know, that's funny because that's one of those stories that a lot of people, I feel like a lot of motivated people wish they could say. Like, it's a cool story to me. Like, it's a, it's, a, it's an old school way of doing it. Like, I mean, if you can afford to do something like that, fucking jump in. Like, you know, are you hesitant about hiring me? Well, fuck, I'll come work for you for free. Yep. You see what I can bring to the table, you know? We'll no see. more hesitation on there. Yeah. We'll see. But 2023 is going to be, if everything works out, it's going to be life-changing for me. Like, everything's moving in a different direction, you know? See, I'm telling you. I've been telling you for a while now. Exit strategy, man. Exit strategy. Well, I'm not leaving uh, HVAC, but I am leaving the truck. Yeah, know? yeah. And you're leaving your business, which I'm pretty sure was just a fucking ball of misery for you. Just pressure yeah. and stress. and. You know, it's funny. I was talking to another guy who's a year younger than me um, yesterday, and he owns a, I don't know, he said 12 to $15 million a year company and he has 80 techs and everything. And he's just like super happy. And he's like, yeah, this is awesome. I'm having so much fun. I'm like, it's fucking miserable. I hate it. Like I can't stand being in business. Like, and I don't know what it is. There's certain people that like the whole business game. I don't like the business game. I don't, I mean, I don't like having the re like shouldering the responsibilities of my own business is what i should say you know what i mean okay. yeah i couldn't do the business game i tried it once i went bankrupt and it was honestly i didn't go bankrupt because of my incompetence i went bankrupt because the uh i bought a franchise and uh oh. the, the franchise treated me poorly and i got screwed pretty much and uh yeah they skyrocketed me into bankruptcy with all their fees and and whatnot but you know, that was enough a year in business for myself. Like that was enough to realize like, this is a fucking nightmare. I didn't even get to the point of hiring employees, but it was on the horizon. And I was like, just looking at the logistics of it. And then later on in life, like watching Chris and Adam deal with, you know, personally watching them deal with all the bullshit that goes with it. I'm like, yeah, fuck that, man. That is just too much. I don't, I just want to be good at being a technician. I'm not, I have no, I don't know, no motivation to be a business owner. If um if I would have had this startup capital, because I mean to to do a commercial uh, refrigeration like where you actually have hands on stuff, where you actually have racks and stuff, man, it would would have been fucking awesome. But um, I just don't have the startup capital for that. I mean, I, I think if I would do that, I think you know, I'm there's no way to say this without sounding like an asshole, but I, I think it would be successful. You know, I, I think I'd have people, you know, wanting to come in and wanting to learn from me and, and, but I just, unfortunately, I don't have the, I don't the, even do anything with CO2, but I want to learn a CO2 from you. I will give you $11 to teach me CO2. I'll give you 12. That's all I got right now in my pocket is 11 bucks. I got you. You understand the expansion valves now? The sizing charts. Yeah. So the thing is, is like, you know, what bothers me is like, I wanted to understand that and Honestly, I don't know when I'll ever use that information, but at the moment, it's once I understand it, even if I forget it now, going further down the road, like a year from now, if I need it, mm -hmm. it's easier to get that knowledge back once it's kind of bouncing around in my nugget. Well, you got to remember, too, it's, uh, you'll remember it um, because it, it, you know, has you know, as we talked about before, has liquid, you know, gets colder, right? The molecules become more compact and they mm -hmm. essentially contain more energy. And that, and that statement is shown in the engineering when you, you know, when you, when you did the valves, remember we were, you know, we basically took the, uh, took the valve and, 
and we sized it with a hundred degree liquid and then we sized it with 50 degree liquid. So you physically saw what happened. And then we like, changed the TD on the evaporator. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. And all the other stuff and like how it affects it, which, you know, helps you understand, like, you know, you talk about being Dr. House, you know, like you're basically being able to understand why things are doing what, whenever the, the, the pressures and temperatures go up or down, you know, with sizing the equipment. You know, well, that and I also I don't like to um, depend on like a supply house like for sizing all my stuff. Like I, I don't like that, you know. And it's been a while since I've actually had to size anything because you know normally our customers buy their own equipment. But um, I would at least like to be able to at least double check their sizing. Whoever does their sizing, I have no idea. But um, yeah, I definitely don't want to go to a supply house and just have you know fucking Jim Bob from across the counter be like, yeah, you know, you need a three ton for this three ton coil. I'm like. Do you want any other information? Like, nah, we don't need any, any other additional information. You know, like he's just throwing numbers together that match, you know, three ton condenser, three ton evaporator, three ton TXV. You're good to go. Yeah. Sounds like somebody's squeezing a cat. Yeah. You do have like a. Is it me? Maybe. It wasn't me. I'm sorry. You have like I don't a, have a cat. In the closet. Could be my chair. I'm sorry. Speaking of prisoners in their closet, you know what I got to do this weekend? Mm. All this stuff behind me, I have to put back in boxes and move. Why? I'm painting my house, and I decided, originally I was like, I'm not going to paint my office because I don't want to move all this stuff. I got it all set up, and it looks pretty, and I don't want to move it. But then the lady came over who I had helped me pick out colors because I don't know how to pick out colors, me nor my wife. So I got a realtor who's a buddy of mine, and his wife does designing. And I was like, all right, come over. You know, I'll give you a couple hundred bucks to pick out what colors I should put in my house. And she did. And like, I loved all the color selections and everything. And we got talked about my office. And she's like, you should just paint it. And I'm like, ah, I don't want to move my stuff. And then I was like, I'll tell you what, what can your painter do? And uh, so I was like, I want 90s colors then. First, I brought up this like wacky 90s looking wallpaper. I'm like, can you do this with all the triangles and squiggly lines and stuff? She's like, no, that's a wallpaper, you idiot. <laughs> I'm like, all right. So how about this? I want one half of my ceiling purple, the other half bright pink, and then I want my walls all teal, just like '90s fucking wrestler pants. You know, that's the color selection I wanted. And she's mm-hmm. like, "Are you serious?" I'm like, "Yes, very serious. Serious teal walls, purple ceiling, cut in half, purple on one side, pink on the other side." So yeah, I'm kind of excited about it. I just don't know if it's uh, how it's going to look on the walls. Like, imagine these walls, but like a lightish, bluish teal color. Can you just move the shit more, more towards the middle of the room and just plastic it? It's really, really heavy. Oh, okay. Like those shelves are solid wood. Like those shelves alone, were I had to hire people to move those in here because I'm too weak to lift. Plus, you got yeah. like three or four vintage TVs that probably weigh. 30 pounds a piece. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The old built in VHS tape to the TVs. Yeah. That's funny. The one uh, on your, the one TV on the lower right. I remember having TVs like that when I was a kid. No, you're right. Oh, the other side. Um, oh, the one right there. Yeah. Like where you have the, 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 the dial where it's like UHF and VHF. Yep. That's an old GE from, uh, 78 i want to say but it works i can hook it up to my original nintendo and, and play it i just don't have none of them hooked up right now it'd be really cool if i did get all these hooked up and like just have stuff randomly playing like vhs videos or whatever and just randomly playing oh man like you you know what oh man you could take a whole bunch of like old school uh and i say old school a whole bunch of 80s uh um 80s commercials and put it on a loop like, Dude, uh, Mac, like, Max, find like Max, like Max, Max Headroom and shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, you know, like that, that fucking crazy. I've been, t- guy. I've been trying to find VHS tapes of eighties, nineties commercials on eBay, but I can't find any. Like, I found one guy who had he supposedly had a lot of five VHS tapes of just recorded TV programs and everything. It's like sweet, you know, commercials included. And he's like, it's just a lot. You get random. I don't know what's on them. I'm like, all right, deal. And I get them, and it's all the. It's like fucking movies it's just movies that he recorded off a tv i'm like these aren't programs there's no commercials fucking wasted 35 bucks man 35 bucks for vhs tape yeah 
Yeah, they're they're on the uptick, man. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I think we just threw out a bunch of crap. Oh. Oh yeah, I picked up a a collection. I mean, and they're not all on the uptick. Don't get me wrong. It's a. Uh, it's just the real popular ones that are uh, hard to find, sealed, you know, vintage, whatever. And by uptick, I mean instead of being worth, you know, nine cents, they're worth seventy-two cents now. It's not uh, like don't go investing all your money into it. VHS, yeah, yeah, Damn yeah. Inflation. yeah. Stick to crypto; that'll get you far. <laughs> you know, we didn't even get on the subject of uh, Christmas. Yeah, what we were originally going to talk about. Is that what we were really, really going to talk about? I don't know. Really didn't have a plan going into this episode, but, you know, since it's around the holidays and um, I have my stepdaughter in town until tomorrow, she leaves tomorrow to go back to Mexico. Hmm. We just celebrated like an early sort of small early Christmas with her so she hmm. can, you know, experience it with us. And uh, they got me thinking about it, you know, like, Christmas to me now is so much different, obviously, than when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Like the build up to it, the the anticipation of it all. Like there's some anticipation of you know seeing your kid get presents and yeah. blah blah blah. But then I'll be honest with you, it's, like every day when my kid's a brat, I'm like, I don't want to see you open presents. I don't. Well, there's it. also stress because you're thinking like, oh, I didn't go Christmas shop. I didn't buy all the shit yet. I got to go. <laughs> this i gotta do that you know thank god for amazon because everything just comes right to my house true bezos can have all my money for that convenience yeah yeah i uh my wife handles usually all the uh all of everyone's presents so the only one i really have to worry about is my wife and my wife's stocking oh see if i handle pretty much 92 percent of the christmas yeah buying stuff i have two in the last few years bill but yeah like if it was just like my wife would go like buy like three things because where she's from and how she grew up, Christmas really wasn't a big thing. And it wasn't like a huge thing for me. But looking back, I remember my Christmases for uh, I would say like the amount of money that my parents made. My Christmases were like pretty well off. Like they were pretty, yep. pretty good. You know, like I, I would get at least one big gift every year. Like it'd be a Nintendo or a Game Boy and some games, you know, and then like a ton of other cool stuff. Mm. and looking back i'm like wow my parents didn't make a lot of money like my dad was a broke ass auto mechanic and you know my mom always worked in nursing homes that didn't pay well anyway like so between the two of them they maybe made 60 grand a year you know and nowadays i make more than that and and i'm like looking at my budget for christmas i'm like holy shit yep all this stuff's expensive man and i fly through that budget real fast and obviously, you know, things cost more, but yeah, I think I'm gonna start embracing Hanukkah where you just, you know, you 12 have days all... of Christmas. That seems like it'd be more work. Yeah, but you just give them like little chocolates every day. Like here's a Hershey's kiss today. Congratulations. Twelve or nine for Hanukkah. Not twelve. <laughs> no. Is it it's not twelve days of Christmas? No. What is it nine days of Christmas? No, it's not nine days of Christmas. It's I it's uh I swear it's twelve. Eight. It's eight, I believe, for Hanukkah. And then you have the... Yeah, eight crazy nights. You have the... the it's nine candles, uh, eight, whatever. You have... I can't remember what the candle's called. You have a ninth candle. You use one candle to light the other candles, you know? Oh. should have known that with the Adam Sandler song. Oh, that's... Oh, I forget. Adam's half Jewish. Yep. Wait, this yeah, Adam? Yeah. I'm, I'm not personally, but my family is. Yeah. So he's got to do the the whole Hanukkah stuff, I bet. Yep. Sweet. So he knows. I know it all. So I remember when I was a kid, like I said, my Christmases were pretty good. But the thing that I remember the most is uh, waking up super, super early on Christmas Day. There was so much buildup and so much anticipation. And you know what? Like, until I was probably... Uh, 12 or 13 i never ever could figure out where these presents came from so i was on the i was fully on board with the whole santa thing right till i was probably like 15 or something ridiculous and then that's when i figured out where they were hiding presents at right but before that like looking back i'm like where in the hell did they hide these at because i remember my house as a kid like 
we didn't have like secret rooms, you know, like how did I not notice these, all these gifts, you know, like where were they this whole time? Yep. That's something I struggle with now. Like trying to figure out where to put them. Don't you have an attic? Yeah, but I really don't even want to look in there. I'm just, I just pretend it doesn't exist. Do you have a, do you have a basement on your current house? Yeah. So I hide them in storage totes and, put other things on top of them mm. to make it difficult to look inside. But as my kid gets older, she'll be able to navigate and climb up the racks and look in there. So I don't know. That plan's only going to work for the next year or two. She is higher energy. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about it. That's been, uh, that's been a difficult thing this year. My daughter, she's eight years old. And um, she's, I don't know if this is common with eight-year-olds, but man, she, there's like at least one or two days a week where she's super good, super cute, listens to you like, yeah, dad, I'll clean my room. Helping me out. And I come home from work. She's like, dad, you need a back rub. You're doing so good. I love you, dad. But then the other five days, it's like raising Hellboy. I'm like, this is awful. Like, she's just a, just a shit. And like just doesn't listen argues for everything like every single thing is an argument be like hey go take a shower and it turns into like a 35 minute argument i'm like just take a shower you know like the simplest things like pick up your books put your toys away like just just a i don't know is it normal is that normal you guys both have had eight years old this is my first eight-year-old yeah absolutely or or it's a fight Uh, like they get they get they get real creative too um where they're just you know you, you give them a task to do and instead of like, all right, for example, hey, please put away your clothing. Okay. Okay, I'm done. And then um, I'll go upstairs and um, they will have hid every bit of clothing underneath their bed. Yeah. Yeah. But my daughter does that. She puts it right in the center of the bed and then puts a blanket over it. Like, I'm not going to notice. Like, Mount Denali is right on your bed now. Like, <laughs> like what is that over there? Uh, nothing. What was that? Nothing. Like, I don't understand what's underneath they're, that blanket. And they're not they're not slick at all. No. They're not no. slick at all with the with the line. You know what I mean? And and like I try to uh my whole approach now is to try to motivate my daughter to want to do these things. So I'm like I'm trying the the chore list, I'm trying the the allowance thing, you know, the reward system. Mm. You know, and uh so the my reward system consists of like, well, you can have T V or tablet time, you know, time with your electronics. Mm. and and or allowance at the end of the week so i have a allowance chart it's really just like things you do on the daily pick up your dirty clothes make your bed um brush your teeth without arguing um you know i forget clean up your dishes all these things you know real simple stuff but my god like to point these out halfway through the day like why are you getting out more toys you have to put all these toys away at the end of the night like and it just leads into this this battle this ordeal like for example last night uh she got an early christmas present in the mail and it was it was like a magazine subscription i was like hey this is this is for her she can have it when she cleans up the living room and makes her bed and gets her chores done for the day simple little things i'm not asking her to go out and like hand plow a field and like bring in stacks of hay or you know stuff that they did in the 1800s you know nothing nothing crazy and man there was probably 37 minutes of just whining and crying. And at the end of it, it was like a total of 12 minutes work. But a majority of that time was just, just whining and crying, whining see, and crying. See, like, uh, I have good luck getting them to do stuff around, but I have a whole range of ages and kids, you know. But, like, my wife, she'll get all pissed off because she'll be talking to them and asking them to ignore her. They completely ignore her for the longest period of time. You know, and then she gets to the point where like, I need your help. And I'm like, I get up. All right. Listen, you go in there, do this. You in there, do this. And then like within three minutes, it's like I have a freaking a house full of freaking indentured servants running around, you know. I wish I could get that going. But my oh, my kid just lays on the ground and and like and the thing is, is before with this exact example of the the whole like hey you got a new magazine subscription in the mail or new mag- magazine subscription or i can't talk today in the mail you know here it is but you got to get this done first before that before i even mentioned that super good mood she was just playing and being cool and content and then i mentioned you can have this 
if you do X, Y, and Z. Then it was like just laying on the floor, rolling around, crying, like, I want it now. I can't have it. And like, no, you can't have it now. Like, what happened? Like, wh- the shift in, like, I'm giving you the potential of being rewarded with something. All you got to do is, like, go make your bed. Like, is she, it that it's the, the typical, um, you know, 2020 mindset, right? God right. damn. Wants, yeah. They want everything without working for it. That's how it goes. And, and now they, it needs to be happened now. Like, instant. I, instant my, my, my son last night, I don't know what the fuck his problem was last night, but he's like, Daddy, water now. I'm like, what? Did that? I know that just didn't come out of your mouth. Daddy, water now. I was like, I was like, so your son have a man bun already? Shut up. <laughs> he does, doesn't he? No, not yet. But, Unless you know, you're I, Jason Momoa, you shouldn't have a man bun. I had a man bun. Hmm. Well, I, you know, it, so what, <laughs> no, so I don't know what to say about that. So no, what I, what I was doing is, so I, you know, I told you guys that my my daughter has the trichotillomania, right, where she pulls her hair, her eyebrows, and her eyelashes out. Yeah. So at one point, that was, I was like, baby, let's 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 see who can grow their hair the longest. You know, so we basically started both with shaved heads and it helped her. It helped her for a little bit. I mean, not like, you know, you know how she is now, like going up to the ranch and stuff up in Oklahoma. But she, uh, I mean, that was, that was the reason why I had a man bun. Yeah. I mean, that's an acceptable reason. And then I, then I donated it to Merkins of Love. I mean, if I didn't have the, uh, the Patrick's. Stewart sort of a uh, balding pattern. I'd, I'd probably have long hair, and it would eventually be, be a man bun as well. Feels like I got a turtle shell. Yeah, pretty much. It's real stupid. It's real stupid. Guys with turtle shells need love too. I should grow my beard out again. I was thinking about that the other day. You know, someone was saying that they wanted to start a GoFundMe, so you actually fucking did. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you kind of look like hacksaw Jim Duggan with short hair. Well, that's not cool. I don't want. To, I don't want to be known as the handicap wrestler, the the retarded wrestler. All right. Well, then we'll step him up to Sergeant Slaughter's status, huh? How about that? I'll deal with that. Yeah. Even though he sounds like he's got a lisp, but he's still pretty cool. Peggy, Better than Peggy, Hacksaw Peggy. Jim Duggan. True. You know, it's like Hacksaw Jim Duggan is if you take a cool wrestler and then combine him with like a somebody with Down syndrome and you like put them together. That's mm-hmm. Hacksaw Jim Duggan, in my opinion. I feel like uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Is a carpenter. Why is he carrying around a two by four all the time? America. That's all you need to know. <laughs> Makes so sense. back back to Christmas. So you know, you guys were talking about budgets briefly. You know, for for the kids, and so we always pick uh, you know one big item, and then uh, three three smaller items. One something that they need. Uh, one uh, so, some other small thing that they wanted, and then. Yeah, I don't know the other last rule, but like you know, we we control we control the spending that way. That's a good you know, system. Ba- you know, basically, you know, uh, some oh something educational, something educational, whether it be an educational board game, whether it be um, whatever. Somebody so then that way they, they what's that? Hold on, guys, I gotta I gotta go investigate something. Somebody's downstairs ringing my doorbell at nine o'clock in the morning. Oh, you're looking it up on the on on your computer. No, I gotta. I'm gonna stop my camera real quick. Oh, okay. Um. So who who does your presence in your house, Adam? Is it is it your wife or is it you? The last couple of years, it was mostly me. Yeah. So yeah, but here's the problem: I haven't done anything yet. And uh, last year, I was in the same boat where it's running around last minute, actually having to go to the store because I didn't have the foresight to. Uh, I don't know if I would say foresight. What is the right word? Um, I just didn't put the time into it. You know what I mean? I didn't budget my time properly to order the gifts online. So, yep. And I'm going to be in the same boat this year. Yeah, I was uh, frantically ordering shit for my wife last night. So, um, I actually... It was a it was a birthday on the on the fifteenth. So I guess when when women uh, get above a certain age, they don't want your uh, the numbers on the, the the numbers don't go on the cake anymore. Mm. So I, when they after they hit forty, 
you know, she just turned 41. I was like, I didn't buy any numbers because I didn't want to make you mad. And then you handed her uh, a gift card to a plus size lingerie store. No, actually, no, I did really, really good. So she, uh, she likes, uh, she, so she uh, smelled really nice the other day. And I was like, what does that smell? She's like, uh, Chanel number five. I was like, do you have that? And she's like, no, I was like, she's, I got it out of the magazine. You know, that's what I was utilizing, uh, using. So I had like, like a poor person. You got it out of a magazine. So I ended up, so I ended up buying her a bottle of that, and then I bought a whole bunch of funny gifts. Um, so I was in the candle section because usually what I'll do is I'll buy a whole bunch of bath stuff for her to, you know, just relax and stuff, and then you know, one big item from me, and then we all, you know, get her a card. And uh, so I was in the in the candle aisle, and I had an epiphany, and and I had a great idea for a joke that would have been funny. And so I got her a, I got her a candle warmer, hmm. but I crossed out the word candle and put queso. Hmm. Very good. So. Like a fondue pot. Yeah. And then we went, uh, we went out to, we went out to dinner. Yeah. I don't even know. I'm going to just go on Amazon and get my life, my wife, one of those like skincare baskets or a girly you know lotion basket or whatever you know because i don't know i don't know what to get anybody for christmas really like my kid makes a list that's super easy my mm-hmm. wife i don't know her well enough to get her something for christmas that's weird right it's you, super weird you should know what you're gonna get me mm-hmm. get her like a new vacuum or something but then like i get stuff for christmas I'm like oh look at it's all the stuff i don't really want or need that's how it goes, though, you know. Thanks. You know, I get these shirts, like these odd-fitting shirts that I, I like. I can never wear this in public. Like the, like the big square shirts, where it's yeah, where like the sleeves are like ballooned out bigger than they should be, and like the bottom is like a dress, and the yeah. collar is, I don't know, three foot wide. Like, oh, this is. You guys know me so well. This is amazing. Yeah, it's a stark difference from Christmas when I was a kid, where I'm like, oh, everything is perfect. I love my life, and then I'm a dad, and I'm like. Uh, I have to like this stuff. Oh, thanks. I got a Santa Claus tie. I appreciate it. Yeah, I haven't worn a tie in 17 years. But thanks. Yep. Yeah. I was, I was really confused. Cool. I was confused. I thought you were talking about Ty Brenneman for a minute. He's a cool dude. No, I know. Teal, but it, Teal it, Banana it, Man. Yeah, well, the statement that I you mean, said. It would be pretty cool to get Ty for Christmas. Yeah, open up a box. He's just in there and he's <laughs> handcuffed and gagged. <laughs> hey, I got you, Ty. I'm like, sweet. <laughs> get in the basement and put this lotion on your skin, Ty. <laughs> oh, man. Well, guys, you feel like wrapping it? Because uh, I have to go downstairs and see who's uh, in my house now. Yeah, I'm broken. I'm gonna try to get five minute nap before we go out for breakfast. I gotta go. Good to luck. Yeah, I got to. Uh, I gotta go start running errands for the day. So yeah. Until next time, it's gonna be after Christmas. Have a good one. All right. See you guys then. Thanks for listening. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Bye. Kwanzaa Ween. <laughs>